Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening, uh, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, hosting tonight, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues, Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. Hello. Say hello, esteemed colleagues. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, we are here to talk about the politics. there were elections this uh, happened earlier this week, so we're going to talk about those in a moment. But I do just want to mention that um, we love to hear from our listeners, and you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. The most obvious is to email us, uh, which is contact at civilpoliticsradio.com. Is that right? That's correct. Excellent. <clears throat> also, you can find us on Twitter at civilpoliticsfm. And uh, we're also uh, facebook.com slash civil politics radio is our community there. Um, but yeah, best place, uh, uh, contact us through our email, go to our website, civilpoliticsradio.com, and uh, just look at all the good stuff there. Because <clears throat> we have uh, previous episodes of the show and supplemental recordings and all kinds of good things. <clears throat> Excuse me. The other thing I just want to mention is uh, this episode is going out on Guy Fox Day, celebrating either an unsuccessful attempt, uh, the, the failure of an attempt uh, on the life of King James I of England, or the fact that somebody actually was willing to just put in the effort and actually try to kill the king, because, you know, one or the other. Either way, um, that's uh that that's that's the the sorry that's the day of this show um in two weeks uh in two weeks it will be the week of our uh fall fun drive that's going to run the 14th through the 20th here for valley free radio we are in particular attempting to raise money to pay for upgrades to the transmitter so that uh we can fix some uh uh, some annoying issues that we haven't been able to iron out with uh, some of the sound quality that comes in at times, especially, especially if like there's a lot of ionization in the air from like weather or the sun's acting up or whatever. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, uh, it'll cost us a few thousand dollars, but we'll, with some new equipment, uh, we should have a more consistent, clear and uh, concise sound that will uh, make us a lot more fun to listen to. And when you listen to the great music of say, Warm Heart of Africa or Press Start to Continue, you'll be able to enjoy it without the occasional uh, unfortunate electronic uh, accident or artifact. So that's gonna be the week of the 14th through the 20th. Uh, and, uh, as I said, that's the week after next as we, we're, we're going to do this. And, uh, in honor of my, uh, late mother and brother, uh, I will be, uh, c- contributing $10 to the station per donor. <clears throat> and, uh, I will also match each donation dollar for dollar. So this is a really good chance 
to like uh, really boost uh, the fundraising for the station and every contributor you got to contribute at least a dollar. None of this nickel and dime crap. But I mean, if, if you give it, <laughs> you give the station at least one shiny U.S. dollar, I'll give the station another ten, and I'll latch every dollar you give. Uh, yeah. So something to bear in mind. Get ready to support us. If you can't wait, uh, w you know slash donate is where you can get to there, and we use PayPal, and it's all secure and stuff. But just trying to. Put that in people's minds, you know, save your, you know, save up a little money, you know, break open your piggy bank, whatever, help our nonprofit radio station keep on chugging away. So anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, we had elections, uh, local elections and state elections around the country. Uh, the one news story that everybody's been talking about, of course, is <clears throat> that the Democrats uh, could not hold on to the office of governor of Virginia. Um, once again, following the pattern of uh, whichever party won the presidency in the previous year loses the governorship in Virginia the following year. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't. Terry McAuliffe lost that one himself. Yeah, I, I think, think Terry he McAuliffe put his, foot in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I could see I could see that. Um I mean I I certainly um well I certainly at this point am just agog that anybody votes for Republican candidates because the Republican Party has become the party of Donald Trump. And that is, you know, that's something to hang, you know, to hide it from in shame and not go out and campaign for. But I am actually a Democrat, so I totally understand that maybe I don't entirely get it. But uh, yeah. So, Sue, uh, what do you tell say more about what you think about Mr. McAuliffe and how? Um, so, was the it day Boykin, said, Youngkin, the fellow who won? I Youngkin. Can't Youngkin. Yep. Yep. Young, Youngkin. Yeah, I think Youngkin um, did a, uh, quite a job sort of straddling the fence so that they weren't sure who he was. So they, the independents voted for him, but Terry McAuliffe, I think lost it, lost the brace when he said, you know, we don't want parents deciding what their kids, you know, have for books in school and all that. It just was a, it was a miss, a misspeak. And he, instead of saying, that's not what I meant, he, he doubled down on it. And I think, I think that's what did him in because the race was very close. It was very, very close. And uh, that would that's my opinion anyway, that that statement alone, sort of like when Romney said 47 percent of the people aren't going to vote for me because, you know, they're all they don't pay taxes anyway and blah, blah, blah. You know, they're, they're the poor, working poor. I, it's almost like you believe what the person says. It's like they slipped and told yeah. the truth about how they really feel. And I think that was just one of those moments because I think he would have had it if he hadn't done that. But that's my opinion. For what I it's see worth. that. John, do you? Uh, I'm sorry. Did you have something you wanted to chime in on? Um, it's. I might. Have been... uh, I think that. I think I, I agree with Sue. Like, um, this was. I th I agree with both of you. Like, I think McAuliffe didn't really do a great job, uh, trying to get people to get on his side, and also that, um, Biden's uh. Biden's uh, what's been happening in like federal politics has not helped uh, like at all. Um, 
Okay. Yeah, point. frustrated. Uh, there's the no end. coattails to ride. Yeah, there's no. I mean, I think Biden actually campaigned in Virginia. Um, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, uh, but so did Kamala, Kamala Harris, and yeah, everybody was there. Yeah, I mean, the, the, through there are Obama. a few reasons. Yeah, there are a few reasons. One, it's because McAuliffe wasn't wasn't great. Um, two, because uh, Virginia is can st- still has a lot of um, uh, very activated Republicans. Three, because it's a off off year. Yeah, uh, which makes it very very hard to get people into the polls, um, no matter what, and. Republicans, um, like it or not, are much more activated than Democrats, just in general, uh, except for like when when Democrats are just really like upset about something. Otherwise, they kind of sit on their, their laurels, you know, and that's when Republicans come in and, you know, sweep stuff up. Um, and Democrats are not great at state. Um, state uh and local um contests like when they want to be like this year like um they they're really trying to get like him and uh but uh for the most part uh that's kind of been a, a republican kind of area like the they're much better at it so there were a lot of reasons why um why he lost the governorship uh the the contest and Obviously, it's politics, so everything's really complex. But I think the main reasons were that it's a it's an off off year. He wasn't the best candidate, and uh, Biden Biden didn't help him. Like the Democratic Party, like I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll agree with all of that. And the Democrats have been doing absolutely abysmal jobs of of, of political me- messaging for this year. Mm-hmm. which we can talk about more in a minute. But I think also very specifically like that, that comment you pointed to Sue, where he said like, we don't want parents. And it's like, look, the the context of that was uh Youngkin making, you yeah, know, blathering book. on about critical race theory and how we're, you know, indoctrinating the kids. I, I it's it, like, it's like, no, like, you, you know, that's a racist dog whistle. You got to stand up to that forthrightly and not just say like, well, we don't want parents picking books. It's like, no, we don't want to cave into, you know, the racist paranoia of certain members of the, of our society, even if they are well, they, parents, you know, something like that. Beloved. It was the book exactly. beloved, right. That got banned. That was really the under underpinning of that question. But yeah, right. it was massacred. McCullough's message and Biden's inability to get anything through Congress in a timely fashion. I think, you know, I, I think, I think you're right. That hurt, that hurt him too. And Youngkin was so careful not to have Trump come into the state and, you know, accept his endorsement, but not have a rally with him. I mean, I think, I think that helped him. Yeah. And it's certainly, I think Trump was actually happy to do that because it let him, you know, he's like, well, you know, I, he's my boy. I endorsed him and he won. So go me. And yet, you know, if he'd lost, Trump would be like, yeah, I endorsed him. But, you know, he tried to distance himself from me and look what it did to him. <laughs> yep. So there are there have been some initial um, uh, uh, analyses about what happened. Um, I'm reading a Vox article about uh, sure. if if critical race theory did have a have an effect um 
exit polling, uh, there was uh, there was a lot of that. But if you look at just overall, uh, uh, McAuliffe just people just it weren't excited about him. They, like he was he was trailing. Um, uh, there's one patch here. The election result returns from Virginia show a uniform swing against McCall, not especially not an especially strong backlash in areas where CRT was an especially prominent issue. Uh, there was it, it's just the the state just was like meh. White on him. <laughs> white women especially broke against him in a mm-hmm. big way from where they'd been f- for Biden a year ago, and he wasn't doing a great job of motivating, you know, uh, non-white voters to to really activate for him and turn out for him. I can tell you that. Uh, yeah. Am I wrong? Weren't there record? <laughs> there were record turnout in both parties. I thought there was record turnout in both parties in Virginia. All right, maybe I'm wrong because I I wasn't under that impression, yeah. but you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, up here I'm, in Massachusetts. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> record turnouts for an off-off year. Yeah. Like, what do you mean year. record turnouts? Because that could be like a very, very small number. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised huh. if there, if there was like we record had, turnouts. But it's like we had four yeah. dozen. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but um, I, think, I thought, I thought I saw a piece that said both sides had actually record turnouts. Just you know, yeah. Yunkin had. More than how many votes were cast? I'll look it up because we could look and see how many votes were cast this year versus how many votes were cast in the election last year. Yeah. That you know that'll certainly know. tell you what kind of. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> look it up. Definitely, for, we could talk about it next I half. Think, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's, that's right. Supposedly bested his numbers from last time he was elected because he was elected and then was out for a term and right. was this was a re. Well, he was. Yeah, right. Because uh, I believe a, a Virginia governor cannot serve consecutive terms. But let's see, twenty twenty one, so twenty seventeen. You're right, because McAuliffe was elected in twenty thirteen. Um, yeah, it was like everyone was like, "Yeah, well, you know, Obama just won re-election, so Vir- and McAuliffe won," and people were like, "Wow, impressive." So. <clears throat> voter turnout could, is higher than any other gubernatorial election in Virginia since 1997. Well, which is impressive. And the race is always the year after, after the president. So Yes. Uh, the high turnout is a product of expanded early voting across the Commonwealth and Yunkin and McCall's massive campaign war chess. Uh, more people voted because they had more time to vote. Well, well wild. Go. Freaky. Have to stop that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like <laughs> your your party's all like all over that. So that's cool. Good job. I'm I'm, I'm being silly as you know. <laughs> I, I know. I believe the bigger the turnout, the better. Yeah. Just all right, oh, fair enough. <laughs> um yeah, you, your party, not you. <laughs> So the other the other closely watched gubernatorial race uh, was in New Jersey. And yes. And there the longstanding pattern uh, since the 70s anyways has been broken where, uh, uh, you know, normally uh, governors, you know, certainly Democratic governors don't get reelected. And so I drawn a blank on the guy's name. I had it written down like 
Murphy. So Governor Murphy was reelected, and that's the first time a Democrat's done that since since the 70s. So that's, you know, an impressive accomplishment. That's actually like a significant win for Democrats, but I don't see it people really talking about it that way. Yeah. Well, I don't well nobody really, really likes talking about New that's... Jersey. Well, there's that. <laughs> uh, there was, was another race that... then. In fact, they're still counting the um, the votes in New Jersey. There's mm. there's a lot of votes still out there, but they can't change the the uh, final outcome. But there's still a lot of coming in because I think they have up to three days for the for the um, ballots to arrive. So. Yeah. So there was another race that uh, was being paid attention to by us specifically by everybody. And what race was that? Boston. Boston. Yeah, Boston. Oh, I was paying attention to that. I, I actually got a fundraising call from Michelle Wu herself like six months oh, ago. Wow. Well, because I, I made a significant contribution to Elizabeth Warren's presidential campaign. So oh, I imagine I wound up on a donor list. So, yeah, you did. You know, and, <laughs> and you know, Massachusetts resident, you know, like, like it's probably not that long a list if you're just looking at trying to be mayor of Boston. So, yeah. So, um, and I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I never lived in actually in Boston. So anyway, but yeah, so she called and we spoke for a couple of minutes and she was very nice and just said, I hope you'll, you know, support and go to my website and, you know, just. That's cool. Very anodyne, but you know, whatever. And uh, yeah, so I I checked out her positions and I thought, oh, she looks nice. And I, you know, I think I I think I sent her a hundred dollars or something, but whatever. First woman and first pro- person of color elected mayor in Boston. Boston ever. ever. Yep. It, this ever. is Boston. I mean, that Boston <laughs> actually elected somebody who isn't white is actually kind of amazing because I know. Boston. Yeah, we're pretty so we're progressive in some ways, but oh boy, yes, parochial and and you know, in our quiet state Yankee way, sometimes very racist. All yeah. Irish sometimes up until Boston Menino is racist. Was yeah. Italian. So That's he was hilarious. the first and only Italian. So it's been Irish forever. Yep. And then Look, it's one I'm, Italian guy. I'm just saying days ending in what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, and also uh, an uh, Asian American woman. And there isn't a lot of Asian Americans in Boston. Like they're very small contingent of the population. So this is like you, she just have like you, won everybody have you over. Have never been to it, China? You, you've, can't, you've never you can't been to Chinatown? That. What? You've never been to Chinatown? It's as big as uh, uh, South. It's as big as Southie, and it's as big as oh Dorchester. And I'm trying to think of all the neighborhoods. I, I, I think he means out of the six hundred thousand or so people who live in Boston yeah. proper. I don't think you know the uh, Asian American population. Yeah, yeah, is 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 more than ten percent. And that's yeah, a significant it's, it's number. Ten percent. I, I yeah, actually read an yeah. article about it. Like yeah. there, it is a very yeah. is a significant. Um, it is a smaller population than a lot of the other populations in Boston. Uh, so not just that she's a woman of color, but she she isn't black in Boston. Is I think an achievement. Uh, like just just in terms of. Um, you can't say that she got like the X vote because she looks like this person. She just won everybody over, which I think is yeah, really yeah. important. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah. She did a great job. 
I hope and I hope she's able to do a great job as mayor. So what's strange is the other person of color. You know, there were two women at the end yep. in the final race. Mm-hmm. And I'm drawing a blank on the other woman's um, name, but she's Arab and Polish. And all the white guys were going for her. And she looked like a white woman. It was sort of strange when they were saying these two people of color, when there was this, you know, blonde haired Polish woman <laughs> and and uh, Michelle Wu. So I don't know. I guess I guess it's technically correct, but it was sort of odd. Race and ethnicity are, can be complicated things. But so yeah. I have a a, a friend who uh, uh, has Polish ancestry, grew up in Tucson, and he told me that he remembered a point in the early '80s. He's, he's like slightly younger than I am, but like you know, he said like you know in his early teens in the sometime in the '80s. He said he remembered there was sort of this 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 short period where he said our family became white. Like because of stuff going on in Tucson, like even though they were Polish, it's like, well, you know, it's probably, you know, we we want to include them in sort of the the umbrella of whiteness as we struggle to keep the, you know, the the Mexicans and the, the Navajo and the Hopi and the other people who live around here from having too much power. And uh, yeah. That, that, yeah. I, I, I was like, uh, I wasn't aware that, you know, you know, like, oh, this was like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. And there was a, a lot I hadn't learned about how racism works, but I was just like, yeah, I thought it was just like, you know, like if you look, you know, as pale and blonde as as all get out, then you know you're quote unquote white. But <laughs> no, oh my yeah. god, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I I didn't understand the distinction <laughs> between racism Polish. and well, racism and colorism yeah. are are interconnected, but they are not synonymous. Sorry, go ahead, Sue. No. Well, I was just going to say in Polish, you know, I I don't think most people of color would think Polish folks are people of color, but I think it was her Arab heritage that was yeah. entitling them to say the, that but yeah, yeah it was just odd it was just odd she's i mean arab and like um people with arabic heritage like they um sometimes have very light brown skin you know like yeah. there's there is a transitional area where people go from like brown to like lily white you know like um but yeah, Polish people are not considered people of color. No, but it yeah. it's because she has uh, an Arab parent. Ha, Arab parent. <laughs> not Arab yeah. parent, but Arab <laughs> parent. <laughs> uh, Very nice. I hate myself. So, um, <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she, she's, you know, a person of color. Like she's not a person of like deep, dark color, you know? she's not a puff of smoke or something, but like, she's, she's a person of color. And I can say that. Um. <laughs> well, she's a person who's had to, who had to, had to struggle with being oppressed by racism. Uh, even if colorism isn't always something that, that comes into play. Exactly. And yeah. that, you know, I mean, her, her middle name is, um, Isaibi. Isaibi. I think, so. yeah. I think, I don't know either way. Um, 
She, I'm not sure how to pronounce well, it either, but you know. <laughs> well, very, uh, Michelle very, won, so that's that's the most yeah. important thing. Here. Yeah, very exciting for Boston, and they're going to see a lot of confidence, I think. Yeah, in the, I, I hope so. In in government, yeah, and, I think and so. Closer to home, Mr. Garcia actually won uh, in Holyoke. That's uh, oh, Joshua. Joshua and, Garcia, yeah, yep. an impressive accomplishment, uh, winning out over uh, Mr. Sullivan, who's, uh, you know, uh, has connections to, uh, uh, you know, the uh, entrenched longtime, res- you know, residential block of Holyoke. Uh, and the city council at large had a lot of turnover. Um, well, though- Joshua's elected mayor of Holyoke, right? Yes, 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 yes. And the city council yes, of Holyoke yes. also, like, f- I think... F- Four or five at-large city councilors, uh, 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 the challengers won. Yeah, um, I, I don't believe uh, we had uh, Ann Tallheimer on the show one time a few years ago, and uh, she was running for city council in Ward Two or Three, and I don't think she won, so that's too bad. But uh, yeah. That's too bad. But also, um, and this is actually, so uh, Sue reminded me that it's a good idea. We had uh, Nicole LaChapelle, the mayor of East Hampton, who handily won re-election on the show. And we do always try, when we have people who are candidates for office, on, we do try to have all the candidates for that office on the show. Uh, and I did try to, we I did reach out. invite them. Yeah, I reached out to the other people who uh, were, uh, running for that office and I didn't hear for back from them. So that is why we only had Nicole on, um, you know, much as I like, but, um, also, uh, we had, uh, Mark Warner and Annabeth Shara, uh, the two candidates, uh, the final candidates. I'm sorry. What was it? Um, Gina Louise, Gina Louise. Sorry. (laughs) Who's Annabeth? I don't know. I want to look, look into this. Who's Annabelle? <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle Lee, a famous song out of the South. Oh my God. Yeah. So. Never mind. Gina, Gina Louise Shaw. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, and Mark Warner. And uh, yeah. So we, we had them on our, both of them on our show. And uh, uh, Ms. Shara uh, won. Uh, so she's going to become the mayor of, of Northampton. So. Yeah, about uh, like congratulations to her. Really? Oh wow. Yeah, she got about seventy oh. percent of the vote. Huh. Well, uh, kudos. Um, so, uh, well, we'll have. By the way, can we go back to come back to join us on the show again? But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Sue. Um, Joshua Garcia. I just wanted to say that he's uh, Puerto Rican, and at this point, Holyoke is fifty-three percent. Hispanic, mostly Puerto Rican. And so yes. and he's a very talented guy. He's been running other cities and towns. So he's got, you know, he grew up in Holyoke. He sort of worked his way up, went off and ran a few other cities and towns. And so I think Holyoke's going to really do well under him. I, I guess we'll find out. But very interesting background. Very yes. different. And, and certainly uh, a welcome bit of, of, of change. I mean, obviously, you know, all the people of people of a city deserve to be represented as, you know, it's, it's, it's citizens and as the constituents of their elected officials, but it is a nice change to have someone from the Boricua community, uh, you know, sitting in the mayor's office in city hall uh, because that hasn't happened before. So. Well, and you know how, let's hope it's a positive change. 
Yeah. The youngest, um, the youngest mayoral candidate and a gay man who won in Holyoke and has gone on to P-Town. But yeah. he he went out and knocked on doors and he speaks fluent Spanish and he earned that job. You know, he oh, really yeah. worked for it. This is going I'm, back. What, six, I'm not trying to denigrate years. other people who yeah. held the office before. Representation isn't everything, you know, I mean, you know, well, uh, and I was basically it is, it is, his, right. it is his a thing. ability to speak Spanish was, um, you know, a strength that he people couldn't figure it out. And then he won. It's like, well, you know, he went and asked people for their vote and their language. And, you know, and kind of and, works. <laughs> and they they said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So anyway, we yeah. are at the halfway good. point of the show here. So we're going to take a short break play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs. And then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton, so come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to Evidence-Based Radio, Science and Skepticism from a Feminist and Socialist Perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with civil politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still talking with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake about the elections that just happened this week. 
Uh, and John, you actually, uh, what was the other thing you wanted us to be sure to mention? The internet, um, the question one. Uh, well, the from, whole internet, that's a big thing. Yes. Um, question <laughs> one in Northampton. Uh, yeah. uh, it was resoundingly passed to pass on to do municipal broadband internet. A municipal lighting plant, which will allow them to have. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, I understand the was, question is technically non-binding, but it certainly shows strong support, doesn't it? 90 percent it wasn't yeah that's that's pretty strong i was i was gonna say it's not that it's non-binding it's that it couldn't go forward without a public vote mm -hmm. so yeah. it could have vetoed it but it but it couldn't it couldn't force it to have happen, right so yes fair enough or at least fair that's enough. how gina louise uh shiara explained it to us right well and that and that makes sense that makes sense you know um but yeah, it, like if, a required step, it, it it's a required step, but it doesn't force it to happen in and of itself. But yeah, so so talking about that's uh, great. Yeah. yeah, I'm so happy about that. I, I saw I, my aunt. She was like, "Why? Why is this important?" I'm like, "It's, it's just uh, right I'm like, "No, it's because this will now people will be able to say like this city did it and this city did it and it will be like a domino effect and everybody will have municipal internet and i'd be i'll just be the happiest boy in ever and 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 <laughs> look how much better it is than the than the dis the, you know desultory service i get from the local cable company exactly any one of them yes <laughs> yeah because there's only ever one in a, in a community because monopolies mm -hmm. uh, you know you know yeah. Remember free market competition? It actually has its place in a in a society and an economy and can actually be a good thing. Scoff. Yeah, I know. I know. So te technical point. Um, most of the licenses for um, Internet now in cities and towns is non-exclusive. They were all changed in the last 10 years. Oh, I didn't but know that. Nobody will come in because of the installed base. Oh, so right, right. If you happen to have Charter or Comcast or whatever, they have all the lines. So nobody, they don't want to compete with each other, you know, because they don't want to cannibalize each other. So they don't come into each other's territory. But all the cities and towns in mass have changed their licenses. So they're not exclusive. They could have anybody else come in. Right. But it's by, it, it's by the market. What do you call it? Um, barriers to entry. Yeah, there are barriers to entry and minimal incentives to challenge them for the kind of yeah. companies that can do the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, actually, so there's a yeah. thing I, I that talking about the elections uh, have reminded me of, and I, we don't have to make a, a a big long thing about this, but um, one of the things that I noticed about the the press coverage is, you know, oh, the Democrats lost control of the governorship of Virginia. Uh, all is lost. Doom has come upon us again. Uh, and soon the, the, you know, the jackbooted MAGA heads will be, you know, <laughs> running amok again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and obviously that is not a good thing to have happen. So I really hope it doesn't happen. I really hope we can prevent it. Um, and I do think the people of Virginia made a mistake in electing Mr. Youngkin, but set that aside i don't live in virginia and so you know it's perfectly fair for people to say shut up mike what the heck do you know um but what i will say is the way that's been covered and the way that it's been covered that the 
governor of uh, Mr. Murphy got reelected in New Jersey. And yeah, it was a close race, but he got reelected. And that's that's a thing that hasn't happened in a while. And that's an impressive accomplishment. So uh, so there's all that. And that if you look at uh, uh, one of the factors that you mentioned earlier, John, with uh, Mr. McAuliffe's failure to get elected in Virginia is that uh, he couldn't sort of draft on the popularity of Joe Biden because people are like, oh, I don't know if Joe Biden's doing a good job. The the news coverage over the last few months has been all very negative about the Democrats and about Joe Biden and, you know, and oh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema and, and certainly I on the show have been guilty of venting about them. And, and that's all very true. But the reality is, even though. Uh, the $3.5 trillion Build Back Better bill that they were talking about uh, back in the summer was much superior than what's actually, you know, being closely considered and scored by the Congressional Budget Office and whatnot. Um, That combined with the quote-unquote bipartisan infrastructure bill, um, this is a huge amount of money and that is going to be spent on good programs. You know, this is going to provide real tangible benefits for millions of Americans and helping kids get out of poverty and providing new opportunities for people and ensuring safer drinking water and doing at least something, not everything we need, but something to deal with climate change. And those are all good things. And if we'd been coming in and like, eh, yeah, I don't know, maybe a hundred billion and someone that altogether said like, nope, it's going to be about $2 trillion altogether. You know, if, if we'd been promised less or if there'd been less dangled in front of us, we'd be talking about what a great job or, well, we might be, it'd be more likely to anyways, talking about what a great job it is and how impressive this is and everything um, and how this is a major win. and. Assuming that the bills that uh, have been talked about uh, do, in fact, get uh, passed and then sent to President Biden's desk for for signing, those will be major accomplishments um, and significant uh, causes for celebration. But uh, and and things that should burnish the sense that Joe Biden is a president who's getting things done and. You know, I, I just think like even if that happens tonight and Joe Biden signs those things before he goes to bed, it, you know, people still be like, yeah, but think about how much more he could have had. And it's like, yeah, you know, so there were negotiations and discussions and possibilities. OK. Um, the, the, like the fact that we didn't get all the things that we thought we might and hope we might doesn't mean that the things we got are worthless and that it wasn't hard to get them and that it wasn't worth getting them. Uh, and of course, you know, there's still more to do. Like even, even if we passed the three and a half trillion dollar bill uh, that had been talked about before, you know, there's still going to be more to do down the road. There are still going to be other pressing issues and um, important things to invest on to further the public good. And uh, we still have other problems that need to be addressed. We need to end the filibuster so that we can actually address electoral reform and uh, appointing more justices to the 
to the courts, expanding the Supreme Court. And heck, while we're at it, we should make D.C. and Puerto Rico states and yada, yada. So, I mean, there's there's work to be done to actually help the country along. And, uh, you know, it's it's important not to lose sight of that. But at the same time, you know, this is uh, a big effing deal uh, when this goes through just as Obamacare was a big effing deal, as then Vice President Biden pointed out uh, years ago. So Counterpoint? Please do. Uh, it, incrementalism is not good enough anymore. That is one of the points that the, that the Progressive Caucus was trying to make. That it's, yes, it's, it's, not, it's better than nothing. This is what I'm hearing. It's better. It's good. This is a good thing. These things are good. The problem is that we have a clock and a lot of the stuff that that was stripped out would have significantly been better for climate change and for the American people. And because it's been cut down, I like I am not going to just say, well, we still got this done because there should have been more done. This is they cut the bill in half not like yep. if they cut it down to like 2.5 trillion or 2 trillion at the very least maybe 2.25 then i'd be like all right fine but like half by 50 percent it's uh like it's galling it's it's honestly galling and i'm not going to give them a pass because there's a lot of good stuff in it because there should be a lot of good stuff in it i'm going to tell them listen you are uh you were supposed to do more you need to do more because the like this kind of like we're gonna spend 500 billion on on climate change great we should have been doing that every year since the since the turn of the century so now because it's been so long since nothing has been going on we need to dump a ton of money into it and resources so we don't all die and the thing is that like a lot of a lot of countries and a lot of the policies are are looking at 2050 to uh to halt climate change we need to do this by 2030 absolutely true and so I'm not going to celebrate this. I'm going to say good job. I'm going to give him a pat on the head. I'm going to say this was not bad. But I'm not going to say it's great because it's not. Because we need to do more. It's. I mean, just they stripped out education, like just community college. Yep, I agree. How insane, how insanely amazing would that have been just for the general American people? I completely... I, you know, I completely so, agree. And I just I do lay this on. I do lay this on Kirsten Cinema and and Joe Manchin, of course. As do but I. also the Republicans. Yep. Suck, and they they they're not even trying. And the and one thing I don't know, like I told I I said to mention this before. I don't know if you did it last week, but like nobody is saying. Stop talking about this. Nobody is talking about how the Republicans are just screwing everything up and i'm doing a very very good job of censoring myself i just want to say that yeah but um because <laughs> I, I took your message 
to heart last week and we did talk about it. I, I basically owned up that, you know, that we're climate change is real and uh, it was $6 billion, not just 3.5. So it's barely a third. And, you know, the incentives, all this stuff. And did you, did you hear the cop 26 this week or this past week? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the what countries are saying you guys promised in the last one that you'd be a hundred billion dollars and you haven't come close to it. You haven't honored all the things you promised, you know, three years ago, four years ago. Yeah, the last one, whenever it was, Paris, the Paris Agreement. That is one of the biggest failings about the Trump administration, like just having the Trump administration. It's because the trust that the world has in America is has Uh, has been broken. And they're like, we don't know if we want to enter into anything with you because you like you might have an election and some Yahoo will come in and and trash everything. We need stability. And but I mean, not even just putting that aside, honestly, like putting the Trump administration aside, the more important thing is what we are doing now, what we are doing for the country, for the good of the people now and the the republicans are not even suggesting anything else they're just complaining what do you want to do just you know vetoing yeah, just, veto- vetoing just saying no you're just vetoing we're not yep. going to do this you're that's all socialists party. okay cool like that's yeah. really really helpful guys thanks a lot well, like if they, you want to do something if you want to like look into they don't want to do anything that's well, that's the point they, that, they just want money and power and yeah, so saying I mean, no is how they get it. The the thing <laughs> is, like, do, if you really want to, my party if, doesn't want to do these things. These these aren't the things they want to do. They want to do stuff, but not this. Yeah, I mean, well, that, yeah, that's I, the point I'm it. getting at. It's if you want to do something, if you want to do something that will actually help, and if you really believe that capitalist um, policies are the way to go, then present something that we can work with. Yep. You know, incentives or. Carbon capture or trade-offs or something. If you can just tell us, like, this is going to work because of this and give us and give us like research or something and say this this capitalist thing is going to help everything here is what we've done and here's some nonpartisan research then the democrats will probably be like all right yeah well i I have a a counter counterpoint (laughs) to jama but sue you should go first Okay, so let me just do two quick things. One is that I think Manchin is the poster boy for coal. Mr. Oh, yeah. Mr. He sure Mr. is. Yeah. And that is wicked. He, he literally he made a fortune as a as a broker, as selling coal as a Well, he has, he has a, a company. Monger. He made 500, 500, yeah. um, five, was it last million. year? Yeah, 500 million last year. So you know we're we're all we're all guilty both parties are guilty a little bit but my party is a little more guilty than the others and um shoot i would, i had a second point and of course i've forgotten yeah. what it was but you know the republicans it, it it's it's like they we don't want to give up the subsidies to the oil companies because we're saying you need the oil companies to be able to do the bridge but i'm with you genre i think enough is enough and I think there's got to be more enlightened um, view of this. And I yeah. don't know the Republicans that are out there that, I mean, there there's a few, 
but they're they're not speaking up and they're certainly not i mean they're just it's it's sort of frightening how congress is working right now but i do think biden is trying to do something which you guys haven't acknowledged and that is you know how trump you know just did a um executive order and he changed it and he pulled out of paris and all that yep. sometimes when you go through the legislative process it's slower but it can't be undone the same way yeah uh, that's true and i think I think some of what Biden's trying to do, and I'm giving him credit for this, so I'm, I I don't think he's a very strong leader. You know, he's not my guy, but um, I think he's trying to make sure it sticks, whatever he gets done. And I think I think that's painful. And I think there's a lot of things that have been done. I mean, some of the early bills that passed when he got in and the vaccines and they're going to have the pediatric vaccines. We didn't even talk about this. It tomorrow at Children's Hospital in Boston, they made the decision late yesterday. I think um, the head of the CDC basically put her blessing on it. And, you know, on Friday, you can get um, pediatric shots at Boston, Boston at Children's Boston, Children's Hospital of Boston. So I used to work there. I should know um, the name of the name of the place. But that's pretty amazing because they they ran it at the same time they were making the you know, the request to, to approve the Pfizer vaccine, Biden's folks were simultaneously making sure that everything was ready to go on the day it was approved. And it is. So he's, it's, you know, yeah. it, he's done some really good stuff. I just don't find him. He's not a very good salesman either. I mean, look at these bills. Somebody needs to be promoting what's in them. Even the parts I, that are, are I, staying because a couple of things have come and gone. So I can, I completely agree. And the counter counterpoint I want to make is everything you say is right, John Ron. I agree with you. Um, and I've even, I've said some of those things on the show. Um, the counter counterpoint I just make is you're right. Incrementalism isn't in, you know, is, is, is definitely failing us right now. We need to do better, but I'm, I'm reminded of, um, I don't know. Uh, a thing I heard Terry Francona, who was managing the Red Sox years ago, like back in, I think it was 2004, say the year the, the Sox broke the curse and won the series. But he just said like, you know, they were behind in a big game and he's like, okay, guys, we're down six runs. Let's just cut it in half. Just get three runs this inning. We'll get three more of one after that. And they did, you know, cause like they were really had a great year and whatever. And it was just like, oh, okay. So I would say, yeah, all right, fine. We only got, half of it this year there's next year and next year go for more of it and and you know and and sure some of these things are separated out and just say okay fine this is just the bill to have community college for everybody you know and have it be free and to forgive student debt and whatever and you know make a big deal about it and just say hey republicans how come none of you want this because 65 to 70% of Americans want this. And hey, we got an election coming up, everybody. So hey, do you want to vote for the party that's like women should be, you know, bounty hunters should be going after women having abortions and COVID's not real and, uh, and you know, wants you to be drowning in college debt. Do you want to go with those, you know, and, and they wanted to take your health care away from you. Do you want to go with those people or do you want to go with us? Because, I mean, sure, we're not perfect, but we want you to be educated, healthy, alive. You know, I mean, 
you know, back us up here. Like the Democrats could do that. Now, the problem with this is the Democrats don't seem to want to do that. They don't seem to want to get behind that. So, okay. Well, I'm just going to also mention we're getting close to the end of the show. Yeah. So, Jama, I know. I'm just pointing this out. So, Jama, go ahead. Take the take the reins, man. Take us home. The the problem with that is the uh, there are a couple problems with that. One is that it's this isn't a game. It's not even close to like the 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 analogy doesn't work because you have another another season you have another season you have more games after this and we we have a a senate that is split down the middle and who knows what's going to happen in 2022 this could be the only chance to pass something like this this could be the only chance we have a democratic uh, I agree. president we have a democratic um controlled senate we have a democratic controlled uh house and this is the only chance because if we don't get this right if we don't get this legislation right if we don't get voting rights right if we don't get a lot of things that need to happen that yep. need to happen and we lose seats we lose one seat in the senate then that's it that's it yep, nothing luck. nothing will happen nothing and the like getting getting a little bit now and getting some later is okay but this this is the chance and that's the that is the 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 biggest thing that i have an issue with because no matter what the republicans because republicans like i don't like it but we can't count on them so If you if you want to stop climate change and you want to educate people correctly um, and if you want to do all of these things that will help the American people, we have now until next year and then we're into campaigning. And after that, you have like the last two years. If we keep the Senate in the House, which is which might not happen, then we might have Trump coming back and running again, which will throw everything into chaos. So this is this is it. This is why I've been saying like all this year, like they need to do something because that's it. You know, like this is this is the ball game, if I can go back to that. So who knows what's going to happen? This is the only time that we know for a fact that things will pass. And it's it's getting screwed we're we're it's and that is incredibly frustrating it's isn't it frust- it's incredible it's maddening and it's frightening and this is the, like we're looking at one of the last chances to save the earth because yes. if the republicans take back either the either chambers or the presidency then we're not going to be doing anything for at least 4 years maybe 6 so that's 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 my feelings on the subject there. <laughs> Sue, you got so any last words? Back all three. Just going to say that we're going to take all three. We're going to take the House, the Senate, and I bet you a dollar that Trump will run again. I don't know that he'll win, but he certainly will run again. And um, I just it kills me to watch people who don't know how to use power, and the Democrats have all the power, and they're just not using it. They're just not. Mm-hmm. Driving it forward. Now, by the time this show airs, they may have voted on the two bills tomorrow, Friday, 
was it the 5th of November? November 5th. And we'll see. But, yeah. you know, they've put stuff back in that Manchin's going to veto in the Senate. So it's it's going to go back and forth between the House and Senate, even if they do it. So yeah. it's it's a it's a pig's breakfast. That's all I could say. It's just a pig's breakfast. And I'm I feel the urgency just like you both do about climate change. I mean, this is serious and we need to get off the, you know. Yeah. The worst thing to, is that we need to get the, a, the, the absolute worst thing is if the Republicans presented a plan that was even a little bit good or a little bit researched so that people would so jump that on the it. Democrats could swallow it, they would. Yeah, yep. they would. I agree we with can you see that with with uh, with the with the trillion dollar bill, the the infrastructure bill. They would. Yep. yep. So anyway, well, Sorry. That's, <laughs> I'll, I'll that's, get off the soapbox now. I'll, I'll break down the soapbox. I'm depressed. I'm yeah. Depressed. Well, sorry. And on that note, we have to wrap it up for tonight. Yay. Uh, so, uh, uh, <laughs> thank uh, God. Yeah. So, uh, thanks. Uh, that's going to do it there. So, thank you all for listening uh, and joining us tonight here on Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio. Uh, coming up next is Subculture followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we will have a podcast of the show going out to the various streaming services at about 1 a.m. on Monday. And then at 4 p.m. next Monday, we'll have a repeat broadcast. So listen to us all over again if you haven't been already. And yeah, thanks. That'll do it for now. Glad you joined us and hope you'll come back again next week. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.